Hi, I'm Stephen Jiwenmaw. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm your host for the Avidum podcast. Avidum is a nonprofit that empowers students to shatter the silence around mental health and suicide. On this episode, I'll share my personal journey with mental health. And later on, Avidum's executive director talks to us about what motivates her as a mental health advocate. But first, a warning to our listeners. This episode contains references to self-harm and conversion therapy. Please take care of yourself if these topics may be triggering. So, where do I start? I guess the best place is when I first realized something didn't feel right. I was a teenager when I started feeling different about boys. At first, I didn't think much of it. But over time, it became a bigger deal. But just in my mind, that's where it took up a whole lot of space. So I struggled. A lot. I didn't tell anyone for years. I was terrified of what would happen if someone found out. There was no realistic way I could live as my authentic self. None. I couldn't see any way my family would accept me. I was stuck. Stuck in a deep depression. One day, I attempted suicide. It wasn't something I thought I'd actually do, but at this point, I was desperate. Thankfully, common sense kicked in. I realized I didn't want to hurt myself. I just wanted the pain to end. A few years later, I wound up coming out to my mom in anger. I wasn't taking care of myself, and I botched one of the most important things to share. My parents were upset. I knew they would be. But I wasn't expecting what was coming next. They said, we're taking you to this church. You're going to talk to this pastor. I know they meant well, and it was probably coming from a place of love and concern. But conversion therapy was traumatizing. It affected everything in my life. I wasn't eating much. I was distracted at work. Any relationship I tried to keep didn't last Conversion therapy ended, but keeping a secret was exhausting. But here's the thing. I never stopped dreaming. I always imagined there might be life where I could live happily ever after with the man of my dreams. Where I didn't have to worry about hiding who I was anymore. Where it was okay to be gay. The hope was there, even if the path wasn't. I came out at the age of 25. It was as awful as you might imagine for my family, but it was as freeing as you might imagine for me. I started to recognize my mental health was improving, and it put me in a better position to find love. The following year, I met Ian, the man who would become my husband. As fate would have it, he's a social worker, So mental health was front and center in our relationship. We got married. And after years of encouragement, 
I finally started seeing a therapist during the pandemic. In my South Asian culture and in my Christian religious upbringing, therapy wasn't talked about. It wasn't really an option. Therapy was for people who were sick, mentally sick. Therapy was for white people. I justified the reasons why I stayed away from therapy, but as soon as I actually started my sessions, I could see how wrong I was. It's been three years now, and my journey is nothing short of remarkable. To see where I started and where I am now is a little hard to believe, at least for me. From wanting nothing to do with life to sharing my story on a mental health podcast is kind of crazy, to be honest. But I hope that by sharing this story, it helps someone, anyone. When we come back, we'll hear from Avidum's executive director. If you or someone you know is feeling hopeless or alone, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Your call will be directed to a local crisis center where a trained counselor will answer. All calls are free and confidential. No problem is too big or too small. You can also chat online at 988lifeline.org. Welcome back. Francesca Pileggi is the executive director of Avidum. Francesca, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So... Looking at where you are now, did you ever think that you would be a mental health advocate like me? Um, Absolutely not. I think what's kind of funny thinking about your profession now, I actually wanted to be a journalist when I was in high school. And I really thought it was kind of like Rory Gilmore inspired because I liked Gilmore Girls. Um, And I just I didn't feel like it was something I could really give a voice to um, mental health. I think I was really scared and I was living similar to what you described, like fearful of the stigma and fearful of how people would view me if I did open up about what I had been through. Um, But then when I was 17, I lost my cousin to suicide. And when I was 19, my uncle died by suicide. And that sort of pushed me into my own spiral with suicidal ideation. And I think coming out of that, I just realized that I couldn't stay silent any longer. I really felt compelled to try to be a part of the solution. Um, But I don't think if you had told me that at 14 years old, I would have ever dreamed that I could be have a role that is as meaningful as what I found with the beat'em. And I think about when I was 14, and I know that by the time I got into high school, those are some of the darkest years of my life. It's when depression really hit. And I'm wondering if you can relate in any way. Yeah, I definitely can. I think when I, going through high school is just difficult in general because you're trying to figure out who you are. And I know for me, I felt like I had a big difference between like my internal and external life. I felt like externally, there was a lot of pressure on me to be perfect and have high grades and do every club and activity. And I imagine a lot of the people that I went to high school with probably viewed me in that sense. But on the inside, I was filled with like self-doubt and low self-esteem and depression. And my anxiety was, you know, almost unbearable at times. And I just think having that type of disconnect between who you really are and and what's going on really inside and what you're manifesting, that can never be a, a happy or a healthy place to be. 
Um, but what's really unique for me is that I actually work at my high school now. I'm one of the school counselors there. And that has been such a cool, like full circle experience because there wasn't really someone that I felt like I could go to when I was in high school. And so the fact that I can potentially be that for my students is just one of the biggest gifts in my life. Um, I just think like how different my life could have been if I had someone who I could be authentic with and who might have been able to guide me toward help and hope. So it's really cool that I get to be that for young people today. That's so beautiful, Francesca. I mean, in a way, I'm back at my alma mater, um, not specifically as a mental health advocate um, in the way that you are, but there's something really rewarding about going back to a place where you felt a certain way and coming back as a stronger, more confident, more hopeful person. Yeah. Um, that effect that it has on, on, I think you mentioned earlier, like, you know, uh, baby versions of us, you know, 16 year old versions of us. Right. And thinking like, you know, being able to guide them and, and just have like that healing experience. It's so special and, and just such a gift. So Francesca, I know that you really, you know, kind of turned the corner uh, and really got into advocacy um, after high school. And I want to talk about Avidum. How did you get involved with this organization? Um, it's actually a really funny story. So I was doing a lot of mental health work. I was just sort of looking for any mental health organization out there that wanted a volunteer. And I was like asking how I could help because I just knew that I wanted to get involved, but I didn't really understand where I would land. Um, so I was doing a ton of weird projects and volunteer work and task forces. And one of the groups that I was working with at the time got a phone call from Good Morning America, and they were looking for young people who were willing to openly talk about teen depression. And um, I had to do like a call with the producers for GMA and they ended up selecting me. So I went up to New York and I was so scared, but it was actually a very cool experience. And while they interviewed six of us and while I was there, the girl sitting behind me, she didn't struggle with depression herself, but she had lost her brother to suicide. And it was actually Maggie Carden, who I think appeared in the last episode. Um, and she's really involved in Avita. And that was how I learned about Avita. And I just, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for, something that's really created by young people to help support young people. Um, and I just started volunteering for them and more and more. And in 2016, I ended up um, becoming the executive director. So it was just so serendipitous that we landed in that really random situation. But Stephen, another thing I was thinking about is that I remember telling everybody, like my friends and family, like, watch me, I'm going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow. I was so excited. And then the night before, like this panic set in because I realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm opening up for the first time. Like I had told my, my poppy, I had told my boyfriend's parents and like, I realized all these people are going to know in the morning that I have mental illness and I had never like so openly told them. Um, and so I waited for like this anxiety to come over me that morning. But instead, it was like so liberating to finally sort of like be open and say like, yes, I struggle with my mental health at times, but I also am still the same person that you know and love. And so it was just a really cool experience for that and for obviously getting connected with the Vita. 
That's so beautiful. And it, like you said, it's so serendipitous. Like who would think that, you know, uh, <laughs> Maggie was in your own backyard, essentially. Um, right. And in, uh, the fact that you kind of uh, were so inspired by the mission and ended up being the executive director is just is just a testament to um, the message of hope, which I think uh, this yeah. this podcast is all about. Uh, you know, as we've been talking about our own mental health stories, I'm wondering if there's one thing that you hope our listeners will kind of take away from the conversation. Yeah, I think um, for a long time, I sort of felt like pushing through and keeping your chin up like that was the strong thing to do. That was the courageous thing to do. And I think in my journey, I've realized that really being open, being vulnerable, admitting that you struggle, admitting that you're human and that there are times where you feel hopeless or alone. I feel like that is so much more brave than faking and going through things. And so I would want to tell anybody who's listening, like, don't be afraid to share that vulnerable side of you, that there's so much power in your story and power in your journey. Um, and obviously, like you control who you disclose that to and when, but if you feel like it's appropriate, it it can sometimes save someone's life to just know that they're not alone. Um, I think it's a really brave and a really courageous thing to do. Yeah, I just want to piggyback off of that. I really feel like there's value in your voice. And that's something that I come back to a lot, especially as a communications professor. Um, I think in this day and age, we're sometimes worried about speaking up because of the consequences of that. We worry about cancel culture. We worry about people misinterpreting things. We worry about, um, you know, the reception that people are going to have if we talk about these things as if they make us weak. Um, and I really think that vulnerability actually makes you stronger. Um, and so my hope is that um, folks, no matter what age they are, um, know that speaking up can be life-saving. Um, and it's something that's encouraged me to uh, be a mental health advocate, to not just like keep it to myself, but to um, share that message with other people. So Francesca, thanks for joining me on this podcast. And I really hope that our stories resonate with folks. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for listening as we talk to more mental health advocates and how the conversation goes beyond schools in Pennsylvania. Special thanks to Wellspan for supporting this podcast and to ND Sites for editing. You can follow Avidum on Instagram at Avidum. That's A-E-V-I-D-U-M. And you can learn more about what we do at Avidum.org. I'm Stephen Jewenmaw, and I've got your back.